This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. Blue Wire. The Arizona Cardinals select... Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is Kyler Murray. This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. Jackson, Jackson himself. Look at him turn back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. He is Houdini. Touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami. All right, guys, welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points, Blue Wire, and our friends at Bet Online. I'm your host, Blake Lovell. With me is my co-host, Stone Reagan. We are back here uh, for another look at a specific division heading into the 2020 NFL season. Uh, we have gone through several thus far projecting what we think about uh, teams in specific divisions now. We look at the NFC West, uh, our projections and preview for the NFC West, which, uh, as we know, um, Dylan, uh, highly linked to this uh, division uh, because of his location and because of uh, his insight into his Los Angeles Rams. Uh, But uh, certainly, uh, we look ahead at this division, and uh, Dylan, last year, I think we all pretty much knew the Cardinals were going to be the worst team in the division. Uh, But now, you look ahead to this year, I think there's a lot more possibilities in terms of how things could shake out because from top to bottom, you, you could have some pretty strong teams here, even though we may have our questions uh, about the first two teams we're going to talk about. Yeah, I think uh, definitely top to bottom at this point, probably the strongest division in the NFL, I'd argue. Going And just, yeah, I mean, now that the Cardinals have recovered, it wasn't, we're not that far off of them nearly making a Super Bowl, finishing 13-3. and three. All these teams have won a division title since that 2015 season. And now, yeah, top to bottom, I mean, the Rams just made the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Now you could argue um, that they're going to have the worst record this season in this division. They, they also could win it. That's the crazy thing. Yeah, the ceilings and floors are definitely interesting. I, um, obviously, the Niners, it's, at this point, it's hard to pick against them with how dominant they were on, on both sides of the ball. Clearly the best offensive line in the division all three of the other ones, for all the good things we're thinking about those teams, that is a weakness for all those offenses. Of course, one team does have Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray trying to become on that level. And, yeah, I mean, just, just looking at it, though, top to bottom, it's it's hard to really 
say that any of these teams are going to be bad um, or like predict they're going to be bad. You could see a worst case scenario with a couple of them, the Cardinals and Rams in particular, uh, not finishing with 500 records. But I think, yeah, when we went, when we first saw that there was going to be that extra playoff spot in, the, in each uh, conference, we thought of, we, we talked about like which divisions could possibly be the first one to have all four teams make the playoffs. It's probably not going to happen given they have to face each other so much and they're going to beat each other up. But um, in terms of a team, uh, one division having a shot at that, getting the you know the one division winner and all three wild cards, I think this division probably has the best case for that argument. Just a lot of a lot of good football players in both these teams or all these teams. They could all come together and uh, decide, you know, throw a few ties in there, and um, what do you know? <laughs> we all four of us get into uh, the playoffs. But uh, no, in all seriousness, like you said, it's a, a very strong division, and uh, that leads us into uh, our look at the ceiling and the floor for each of these teams. This is what we've been doing with all the other divisions we've talked about. Uh, rather than making our actual projections or predictions, I guess you could say right now, um, we are going to do that in our big Super Bowl prediction episode we'll have before the start of the season. But for now, we're just looking at the ceiling and the floor, and, and Dylan just kind of said it, you know, maybe somewhat similar for several of these teams. Um, but we start with the Cardinals, who did finish last in this division last year, only won five games uh they did have a tie in there so uh, hint hint maybe uh, get a few more and uh get a few more for the other teams in the division and they're all four getting in uh <laughs> but we expect the cardinals to be better and that i think is where the problem lies dylan is uh we expect them to be a better team but at the same time to to be a better team and to actually move up the division ladder you know you have to overcome the 49ers the seahawks or the rams and that is going to be easier said than done but I would say that for me, you know, the floor for this team is probably that five win mark again. And I think it's just because of the strength of the division. Um, you know, they they could lose double digit games again just because they play in such a strong division. Um, but at the same time, I would feel like that their ceiling is much higher than probably it was last year. Whereas if everything goes right for them, they have DeAndre Hopkins now, Skylar Murray, we've talked about the MVP hype for him. Um, mm. You know, Kenyon Drake is uh, kind of exploded onto the scene. A very good running back, Larry Fitzgerald, never gets old. Um, you know, that defense is what we're going to be looking at with this team. Yeah. And if they can improve there, look, I mean, I think it's very possible. This could be kind of a, a Rams team of last year that gets to a 9-7 and seven type of record. Uh, wins that many games I don't know maybe it's a little bit of a stretch to think that they could win double digit games but I certainly look at this team and have a much higher view of them uh, mm -hmm. in terms of what their ceiling could be this year versus last year yeah I absolutely see the offense turning up even from going back to 2018 they were 32nd in DVOA last year they finished 13th second in rush offense DVOA despite not having necessarily a, a really strong offensive line so I think the offense is trending such so well obviously you had the Andre Hopkins to the to the mix and that's going to make a big difference there but yeah like you said the defense is the question um at the end of the day uh, though I mean despite their defense being pretty poor last year they still as you mentioned they only won a few games but they had five one score losses another loss to the uh, 49ers where it was closer late and the 49ers scored to make it a, a 10 point game they beat the Seahawks late overall just you know as the course of the year went on, you, you felt like they're, you didn't want to face them necessarily for one of the teams that was, you know, completely out of the playoff picture. They weren't a team that you looked at on the schedule. If you're trying to make the playoffs or make a run and you're like, wow, that's going to be an easy game. And I think that just, yeah, that shows how much progression they had last year. Obviously 
defense-wise, I mean, throwing Isaiah Simmons in there is going to make a big difference for a team that was, as fantasy fans know, you can basically every single week just pick up the tight end facing the Cardinals and, you know, at least going to get like 10, 11 points out of them because they're the worst team in all football defending tight ends in the passing game, 27th overall in pass defense. Just yeah, it's still a, still a big concern that I'm not sure has completely been addressed with Simmons in there. Where they kind of we'll see what they if they really make him more of a strong safety or a linebacker. What they're really going to do with him? Hopefully, they they don't just make him stagnant. Hopefully, they do kind of what Clemson did with you know throwing him all over the place. And they might have to. Um, and yeah, on the offensive line, they they do add Josh Jones. I don't know if he's going to start off the bat, but another interesting pickup there to help them out. So just really on this team, uh, you know, the offense is going to be in my I, I just you watch the highlights of Kyler and the different things and another year uh, now in the, going to be in the NFL and I, I just think he's going to take a, a step forward. It, I don't know if it's going to be a dramatic step, but enough uh, with his poise and all these things that he already was demonstrating at the end of last season and for even early in the year. Just obviously the arm talent's ridiculous. I see the offense trending up from that 13th spot to possibly being top 10 because. They finished 20th in passing DVOA. I don't think they're going to be that low this year. So where does that put them with the defense? I think they'll, they'll also go back towards the mean in terms of winning some of those close games. So I'm going to put the the floor at six wins. Maybe that's a little high for a floor. Um, but yeah. I do think, you know, compared to some of the other teams we've talked about uh, so far, I just don't see them losing as many. I, I just think they have too much talent on offense to lose uh, 11, 12 games, even if the defense is pretty bad. I'll put the ceiling at 10. Um, I still don't think they have enough on defense to make them a, a division winner here necessarily, but I do think they, they definitely have a realistic shot at getting into the playoffs and finishing second or third in the division. I think given where they were just a couple of years ago, uh, it's, a, it's a really huge progression under uh, Cliff Kingsbury. And yeah, excited to see what this offense looks like with all these weapons and uh, you know, Christian Kirk improving as the year went on as well. Just a lot of fun things going on in the offense. Yeah, after that first game with the Niners, their next four games will be against the Redskins at home, the Lions at home, then they're at the Panthers and at the Jets. So those are four winnable games, um, you know, pretty mm-hmm. much right out of the gate there. Obviously, you know, maybe they don't go 4-0, and but, you know, I mean, look, they could they could go 3-1, and I think, would be maybe at worst there in terms of these teams they're playing uh, with that. And then, of course, you count in games uh, at home against the Dolphins. They get to play the Giants. Um, so there's there's lots of possibilities, I think, for this team to reach that mark, like we're saying. Yeah. Should be much improved, and uh, that brings us to the Rams, who I know Dylan Hope is also <laughs> much improved uh, this season after making the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Um, they slid back a bit, didn't make the playoffs last year, and will now try to regroup without Todd Gurley. Um, and I think that's one of the things, of course, you and I were talking about before, uh, we came on trying to find our, our breakout players. And, you know, you look at that Rams backfield, that's something people are going to have their eye on because that's going to be very important uh, to take some of the pressure off of Jared Goff, who, as we know from last year, up and down a bit. And I'm I'm very fascinated by this Rams team because I, I will tell you, I don't know, you know, I think the floor for them is very interesting because maybe <laughs> – I don't know. Like, I think they're a 500 team, but I also will honestly say that I don't know that I'd be shocked if maybe seven is a better number for the floor for them, maybe a seven, nine type of team. Um, but I, I tend to think that, that probably around that eight win mark is probably the floor for this team. Um, but I, I don't know what the ceiling is. I think that's the problem is like, 
I, I don't know that I feel that the ceiling is that high for this team in terms of do I look at them and say, okay, they're better than the Saints or the Cowboys um, you know, or, or other teams like that that we're going to compare them to, the yeah. Niners and the Seahawks. Like, I don't feel that way right now. So because of that, I don't know that I could put maybe their win total, for me, that much higher than maybe 10 or so wins. Yeah, it's it's tough to, to project. They, they do benefit from the same kind of things you mentioned with the Cardinals in terms of facing the yeah. NFC East and the AFC East. So there's not necessarily there's some uh, games that they should be able to win. And yeah, even though they missed the playoffs last year, obviously we've mentioned before that with the increased playoff spots, they would have been the seventh seed. I don't know how much they would have gone, uh, how far they would have gone with that. They did almost beat the Niners late in the season in San Francisco with one of their best games of the year. And they, uh, the offense looked a lot better as the year progressed as a unit, as the, the offensive line, which had a lot of new faces, got more continuity. I, I do. Con- I'm concerned with their depth, um, especially uh, with on defense, but also on the offensive line. The, the offensive line, you still have a lot of these guys that are still coming into their own, still with not a ton of experience. You're asking them to do things that they did, you know, from that 2018 team where obviously Jared Goff and the running backs benefited so much from having a top five offensive line now projected by pro football focus to be in the bottom six or seven in all of the league again. So, I mean, that that just puts a lot of pressure on, on Goff, a guy that we, we saw in 2018 and 17 when the circumstances are correct. And even in that game against the Niners where the offensive line had probably their best game of the year, when he has time to throw – uh, their offense is pretty lethal, and they're f- figuring out yeah. th- things out, and the, the running game's working. There, that'll be a, a big thing. Obviously, Todd Gurley wasn't himself last year. I'm not sure, um, uh, you know, great if he performs well in Atlanta. There's only so much the Rams can do about that at this point. I think it's just more, more about getting their the new faces. Daryl Henderson didn't really make much of an impact last year in his limited uh, appearances. Obviously, they draft Cam Akers, Malcolm Brown, still probably the number one running back. So I don't know how much we're going to expect from their running game to make that uh, unit that elite. The defense, though, again, with the, I am concerned with the depth of it overall. They have a lot of really top-end talented guys. Obviously, Aaron Donald will uh, hide a lot of other problems. I think it was a huge uh, moment for them to be able to keep Michael Brockers. The whole thing happened where the Ravens yeah. uh, deal fell apart. I think keeping him is huge. But losing Corey Littleton in the middle of the defense, and that just overall, I look at their linebacking depth, and I'm really concerned there. They're going to be asking a lot of Micah Kaiser to fill in and try to be that kind of same role. I don't know if he's up for the task. I, but then again, Corey Littleton did uh, exceed expectations from when he first started playing there. Uh, they were a top 10 defensive unit in DVOA last year. They're much better than the year when they made the Super Bowl. Uh, so if the defense can stay healthy, they still probably have uh, potential to be in that range. I think the offense on the passing game was still pretty good overall DVOA-wise, only 20th and off and uh, running games. So what does that mean for ceiling wins? I think they're probably one of the teams, yeah, they don't have probably the huge a huge gap in terms of what I say is their floor and their ceiling, it's 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 probably somewhere, yeah, in that seven to ten win range. I you know, maybe you could say six could happen too if the yeah. offensive line really tailspins um and Goff regresses. But I think Goff just even though last year he wasn't as good as twenty eighteen, I don't know if that was so much himself in his own play or the the, the players around him in the offensive line. So I don't think he's gonna take a step back necessarily. I don't think you're gonna still see the same kind of guy and i have a hard time saying they're going to lose 10 games but i'll I'll say 7 to 10 maybe 11 wins if they really get it going again on offense and the offensive line is able to just be middle of the pack um that's the absolute ceiling but i'd be more comfortable saying 7 to 10 yeah that's that seems about right to me um i don't again i don't think they're that much worse but also don't think they're that much better 
in that range. And uh, it's, I don't know. But look, they, they still got my man Cooper Cup. And when you have Cooper Cup on the team, anything is possible. So uh, there you go. There's my hope. And uh, maybe Cooper Cup is uh, just going to be, you know, as great as he is. going to take him yeah. to 16 wins, and that'll be that. So uh, number one seed <laughs> in the NFL, well, Cooper Cup. Those two losses at San Francisco and at Seattle, I, you know, the, the missed field goal, Zerline usually pretty automatic from that 44 yards yeah. or whatever it was. And then how the Niner game ended with the terror rap missing his assignment. I mean, overall, easily. So that's the one thing for all the issues last year and how bad at times they looked and how frustrating the offense was. They could have easily been 11 and five. Like yeah. It's not even out of the question. They lost a weird game to the Buccaneers earlier in the year, too. Yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh, yeah, they had a lot of close losses. The, the, the only really big blowouts were to the Ravens and Cowboys. So, it, yeah, it's that's the thing though. You got to get a little lucky, and the difference between nine and eleven wins that just shows you how fragile it is. There's just so much parity, and that's another problem. Is the Cardinals are getting better, the Niners aren't going anywhere, the Seahawks might be better, maybe changing their philosophy with Russell Wilson. All of those factors. Maybe the Rams are just as good, if not a little better, than last year. But the competition in their division is also getting better. Yep, it is for sure, and uh, there's no doubt that uh, it's going to be hard to kind of, you know, take that top spot of this division because uh, we know where the teams in front of them are, uh, and there is a lot that the Rams have to do uh, to get there. But uh, while the Rams have it hard uh, in terms of getting to the top of this division, you could have it easy uh, by just heading over to our friends at DealDash.com because it is the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you never expect at a price you never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every single day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. Just like an auction, but every single item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, Deal Dash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign-up on top of the other discounts that they offer. All you got to do, go to DealDash.com and use the offer code ETP or DealDash.fm slash ETP. That's D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M slash ETP. And of course, uh, we have our friends over at Bet Online. Uh, they're excited. We're all excited because uh, sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball finally in full swing, and there is no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. You can check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24 7. And with the return of sports, uh, Bet Online also sat down. With former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Ory. And you can see what they had to say on what it's like playing without fans in a series they're calling a Fandemic. All you got to do is see that. Just visit betonline.ag for all your odds as well and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive that new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word. Uh, BetOnline, your online wagering experts. All right, Dylan, we move from... Uh, the two teams that uh, maybe we have some things that we're still not sure about on to the two teams I think a lot of people feel like uh, certainly have Super Bowl aspirations. And we start with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, look, I mean, Pete Carroll, he just keeps, you know, he keeps doing his thing. He's got a talented roster. Uh, he's got an MVP candidate in Russell Wilson. Um, this is this is a really good-looking team. And I think you look around – 
kind of what they have on their roster. Uh, we've seen, you know, one of the things that feels like several years ago, um, you know, we weren't real sure about the wide receiver group for the Seahawks, but now, you know, you see what DK Metcalf did last season, Tyler Lockett, who we've talked mm-hmm. about this off season, really broke out into being someone that's very consistent. Um, I think the running back situation, which look, it's a, it's a Pete Carroll team, right? The running back situation is going to be interesting to follow, but we know what Chris Carson is capable of. Uh, if you can limit the fumbles, uh, Carlos Hyde's there now. They've still got Rashad Penny, uh, which is another thing that's very surprising to me. Um, and then, you know, the defense, we know they've got Jamal Adams. Um, they've, they've got some talent on that defense. So, Uh, The Seahawks look like a pretty strong team. Uh, You look back at their win total from last year. They won 11 games. I think probably, you know, I look around, let me say, I don't know. I think nine's probably as low as I would go in terms of maybe Mm -hmm. their their floor specifically. I think their floor is being a playoff team. Like, I just think that, I I mean, again, you just look at the makeup of of how they're operating. I, I just think they're a playoff team. So nine is probably as low as I would go on that. Um, the ceiling, I mean, I don't know. Like, I think they could be the best team in this division potentially. Um, so I guess you could say, you know, that the ceiling could very well be, be 12 or so wins and possibly, you know, even making a run to, to an NFC title game or something like that. Yeah. It's crazy that they're, even though their offensive line continues to be bottom of the pack, uh, once again, by pro football focus projected to be 28. Despite that, they finished fifth in offensive DVOA last year. And it really helps to have. Uh, uh, you know, who should be an MVP candidate, really, in Russell Wilson. The guy's incredible, and I, I always joke about how I'm happy the, the Seahawks don't really let him be as incredible as he could be with their game planning and how they yep. use him and how they just wait to unleash uh, all of his, uh, his magic until the fourth quarter when they're losing or in close games. But they've talked about adjusting that. I'll believe it when I see it uh, <laughs> this season. But, yeah, in terms of uh, talking about receiving depth, I'm not even uh, – he has such chemistry with Tyler Lockett. It's ridiculous. They're, uh, you know, 20-plus yard um, passer rating to him is just, like, off the charts is one of the best. If not the best, I'd have to look it up again yep. in the NFL in terms of just – they on no matter what the, the level of the route is, Tyler Lockett has exceeded expectations from going into last year. There's a question mark with Doug Baldwin being gone, how he'd do. He just – filled in so so perfectly and dk metcalf as you went on kept getting stronger and better david moore even is not that bad of an option as the number three receiver they had to set so they have some interesting pieces yeah obviously with russell wilson's ability to improvise it makes up for the offensive line still being not one of the better units they, they draft damian lewis in the third round i, I think he's more of a project than some guy's going to fill in right off the bat uh, yeah, the running, despite all the interesting uh, things that happened with them and running backs and all the fumbles and stuff, still finishing sixth in offensive DVOA running the ball shows you, uh, you know, how big of a threat it is having a guy like Russell Wilson out there. I do. My only reason I might put the, the win total down to eight is I'm still not for the for the floor is because I'm still not convinced the defense is like that fantastic. I think having Jadavian Clowney back would make a big yeah. difference. The splits when he was healthy, not just on the field, but healthy last year and when he wasn't uh, were pretty dramatic with how that defense played. They had their best performance of the year was when they won in San Francisco. They obviously almost beat San Francisco at the end of the year at home. But the defense overall, as the course of the year went on, they just they weren't consistent. They finished, uh, let's see, um, DVOA-wise, 18th and 26th against the run. I'm, I, you know, you add Jamal Adams, yes. I, and obviously, as the year went on last year with Quandre Diggs, still filled in pretty nicely. But I think Jamal Adams, we're expecting a lot of him 
to really make them be have a dramatic jump on defense. That's the only reason I might say eight. Uh, they're also did pretty well in one score games that could regress. Just uh, I have a hard time believing it. It's almost like the reverse Chargers because the Chargers <laughs> always lose the one score games. Russell Wilson always wins them because he's Russell Wilson and yep. he finds a way to do it. So I'll, I'll put the yeah I'll put the ceiling at twelve. I uh, just because I, I do think it's possible they went thirteen. So maybe even. You can put it there. I, they have a little more of a range just because if the defense can just be better, if it can be cl- like 12th, 13th in the league, I think the, I don't see the offense slowing down from being a top five unit. So you just you get that a little bit closer. I'm just not sold for sure the defense will make that happen. But if they do and the game planning lets Russell Wilson get them leads instead of trying to come back all the time. They, yeah, they're really scary, and just anytime you have an MVP candidate, you have to consider. Yeah, I'll I'll say 13 is an absolute ceiling. I, I just think he has that capability to just take over if they let him. Uh, it, it terrifies me as a Rams fan, but uh, it's the reality of the of it right now. And yeah, just uh, it's not it's not often that you have multi, two teams that are clearly uh, in one division Super Bowl contenders. And I think yeah, the Seahawks are worthy of that conversation. Yep. We'll see, like you said, sort of a wide range, depending on what you get uh, from the offensive line, what you get from the defense. But, you know, you got Russell Wilson, and uh, that's probably going to give you two or three wins that may be in games that you shouldn't win. Um, So you always have to factor that in when it comes to having a superstar like that uh, under center. And that leads us to the San Francisco 49ers, of course, uh, made it to the Super Bowl. And uh, the Super Bowl hangover now uh, looms for the team who loses the Super Bowl. We know about that. Um, How do they bounce back? I don't really, you know, I know this is something that's talked about a lot. And, of course, we just mentioned the Rams. Uh, They were a team that probably we didn't expect to to regress as much as they did either. But I think with the 49ers, the way their roster is built, I just I find it very hard to believe that this team is all of a sudden going to drop back uh, to being a 500 type of team. Uh, I guess, you know, if Jimmy G maybe consistency, stuff like that, you can maybe make the argument, um, you know, the running back situation. They've got a lot of options. Once again, uh, they got the Raheem Mostert thing figured out. Wide receivers, um, you know, Debo Samuel, I think he's certainly a potential breakout candidate. We'll probably bring him up shortly. Trent Williams is there now. Um, the defense, it is what it is. We know what we're getting from the defense. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, look, I, I, I think the floor for this team, quite honestly, I know with the Super Bowl hangover, all that stuff, like, I probably look at it at, like, 10 wins. I mean, I, I know that sounds maybe crazy, but I, I just don't see this team, you know, winning less than maybe 10 games. I just think they're too talented, um, and and maybe that's the best place to sit it uh, for mm-hmm. the floor for this team, the ceiling. I mean, really, I, I think the ceiling, once again, is probably getting back to a Super Bowl. Um, and whether that happens or not, we know how difficult it is, but I just think that's probably – that the best range for them based on what we saw from last season and knowing that they've really added some nice talent to, uh, to their roster this off season. Yeah. Comparing the season and the Super Bowl losses to the Rams in 2018, I will say the Rams in 2018, despite going 13 and three that year had a lot of close wins yep. and had a couple uh, bigger losses of the, the few that they lost to really talented teams. The, the Niners, all of their losses last year were one-score games. Uh, you could, they could have easily beaten the Seahawks. They could have easily beaten the Ravens. The Falcons game was kind of a fluke. And yes, they did win quite a few one-score games, but I just don't see the, the regression there. And also, the Rams in 2018 had such 
such luck with their health. They, I mean, they had some injuries. Yeah. They obviously lost Cooper Cup, and that did make a huge difference. You could argue in the Super Bowl in particular, but just as a unit, like the offensive line stayed so healthy. The Niners' offensive line, yes, Joe Staley retires, but overall they're pretty young. They add in uh, Trent Williams. I just don't see the offensive line going down. I, if anything, I see it being a bit better uh, this season, and that's that's got to be a really scary prospect with how Kyle Shanahan has designed uh, running plays, just opening up the most massive, ridiculously uh, huge holes. If you obviously the Packer game. Uh, exemplified that the best but even throughout the season just the amount of times that Raheem Mostert just had a giant alley to run through is ridiculous and I just see that increasing I they make it really they, they form the offense of Jimmy G doesn't have to be incredible he's not making a lot of tight window throws he's a lot of the time their passes that they're, they're setting up and he's able to you know they had games where he's only throwing the ball like what like nine to ten times <laughs> yeah. because it's just not necessary with how dominant the run game is the defense no reason to think it will regress maybe it won't finish second in DVOA like it did a year ago it's really hard to say consistently there but I just don't see them falling back out of the top six seven defenses um obviously filling in uh, on the defense line with Javon Kinlaw coming in there with uh, Buckner traded yeah I it's it's a, there's a lot of talent on both sides of the ball uh really young young guys that are still coming to their own we'll see what, how the you know Emmanuel Sanders obviously being gone how that impacts their receiving corps I they're they're really high in Brandon Ayuk they at least said that they had him higher than on uh, some of the guys that went uh, some of the receivers drafted ahead of him obviously they drafted him ahead of uh, Jalen Rager and Justin Jefferson so yeah it's it's going to be interesting to see. I, I'll put the floor as the same as US 10, just because I guess they could lose a lot of close games and it could somehow regress that far. And in terms of their peak wins, I'll say 14, I guess, it's just because I said yeah. 13 for the Seahawks. It's going to be really hard to win 14 games because it's always really hard to win 14 games. <laughs> but this is the ceiling. This is like the farthest up I can imagine them going. So I think that's reasonable. I'm not expecting them. I, I would say more of a... 11 to 12 wins is probably to be reasonable. Um, but uh, I still think they're going to be just as talented as last year, more continuity under Kyle Shanahan. And yeah, just like Seattle, but even more so they should have Super Bowl expectations. And I just, I, as a, for the reasons that I mentioned, I just don't see them dropping down as much as the Rams did. Obviously the Rams losing four more games. They could, you know, that would, that would put the Niners at nine and seven also, just like the Rams. I just don't see that happening. Uh, they just have so much talent, man. Yeah, they do, and uh, as you said, I, you know, we, we talk about the team that loses the Super Bowl and, and kind of the stats on that over the years, but, man, mm -hmm. this this team just, I don't know. I mean, a lot of those teams, though, a lot of those teams felt really good, too. It's like, surely they're not going to take a step back, but I, I don't know. Yeah. There, there, there's something about this one, though, like you said. You pointed out the Rams situation, and there are probably others we could point out with some of the teams that, that have lost the Super Bowl, but, man, that they've still, you know, keeping even the staff wise, like being able to keep some of the guys on their staff that they've kept there. Yep. Um, that was an important thing. Um, and so I, I think that's, they've just, they've got pretty much everything you need, I think, to get right back to mm -hmm. the Super Bowl. Um, and certainly, you know, if you get back to the Super Bowl, you have a chance to win it. So um, that they have that potential and we will see if that's what happens with the 49ers. And we'll see if we pick them to make it there uh, in our Super Bowl predictions episode here in several weeks. All right, that brings us to uh, wrapping up here with the uh, the two award categories we're doing here. And we're going to start, actually, with the uh, the breakout player pick. And I narrowed it down to two. I told Dylan before we started recording that I had a, a surprise up my sleeve, and I don't necessarily know that it's even a, a huge surprise. I was just going to 
going to keep it uh, to myself, but I, of course, because of that, I've now <laughs> I've now added another person to the mix, so uh, making it a lot more difficult. Debo Samuel is someone we talked about. Um, I think that he's mm-hmm. probably a pretty obvious choice in terms of someone that could could have a breakout season. But the one thing that that I look at and it's something you brought up. You know, the Niners could only pass the ball eight times in a game or something, and yeah. and that kind of limits what Debo Samuel could do. So I think he's certainly someone that you could look at and say, I could see that guy breaking out, having a big season. Uh, when I look around elsewhere, here's the one I, I came to. And I think Kyler mm-hmm. Murray, we both probably agree that that one's – I mean, I don't know. Like, I think that's probably too easy as well. <laughs> um, just because, look, I mean, this guy, yeah. what, what do we say? He's fifth or sixth in MVP odds. And so, I, you know, that's kind of one that's everyone knows that he's probably going to be looked at as a, as a breakout player. But um, here's the one I came up with. I, I think Javon Kinlaw is one that I would put here because you mentioned oh. it. You know, they took him where they that they were in love with him. I mean, clearly they thought that he was the guy. You mentioned the Buckner trade. All that, now you put him on a defensive line, you know, that has Nick Bose on it, and you know how much attention he's going to garner. But I think that opens up some possibilities for someone like Ken Law to step in right away. His his athleticism is off the charts. Everybody's talked about just sort of looking at him uh, with all the physical tools that you need to be someone that can completely kind of take over a game. Um, and I think that he could do that because of the defense and because of the coaching they had there. And that's why I brought that up a second ago. I think they're going to get the best out of him. I know there were things, you know, you can look at any college player, I think, and say, okay, Mm -hmm. he had some up games, he had some down games. Um, Maybe there were times where, you know, you just saw him kind of out there and maybe he didn't, you know, make a tackle on every play or something like that. But I I think he has the tools that you need to be really, really good. And because he's playing on this defense, on a team like this, I think he's someone that I would probably pick as my breakout player. Yeah, with the amount of attention he was getting in college compared to now, obviously Bosa, but then D yeah. Ford, Eric Armstead, like these guys yeah. are uh, in their own right stars. Uh, maybe not uh, on the level that Nick Bosa has been trending, but nonetheless, I yeah, man, uh, he's he's in the perfect situation, like you mentioned, and he's going to get a lot of one-on-one opportunities. I know he's mostly going to be plugging it up, but I I still think he's yeah, I think that's a he has a real big chance with the amount of talent they have in a team that figures to be winning a lot figures to have a lot of passing downs too so he's not just going to be plugging up the run in the run game he's going to be getting after the passer and yeah excited to see what he can do that that defensive line just as scary uh and uh, uh yeah he has a great opportunity with the talent around him to succeed for sure yep and so he's my pick and of course now that puts it on you and you're probably just going to pick kyler murray and say you know what there you go <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I won, yeah, like you said it. And he also was so good last year. It's like, yeah. is he really a breakout player? Yeah, true. So I'll, 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 I'll cheat a little bit by going with someone that's going to be catching passes from Kyler, and that's Christian Kirk. I don't yeah. feel like he's really broken out in his two years in the league. He's had some good, really good performances, but he hasn't become like a, a star receiver. I, I could see him putting up maybe not the craziest numbers, but I think they're going to be passing the ball a ton. All the attention is going to be on DeAndre Hopkins. You mentioned, obviously, Larry Fitzgerald. Still, Larry Fitzgerald still going to be uh, garnering attention and making plays. So I can see Christian Kirk. I'll go with him just in terms of I see this pass offense being better. I see them throwing the ball a ton. And, uh, yeah, he's. I think he's just going to be the beneficiary of the talent around him, Kyler's continued progression. And I think in terms of fantasy-wise, uh, you know, 
maybe he's been overdrafted a couple times <laughs> now maybe we'll see where he is I, I don't know his current adp but he could be a little undervalued just because of the number of receiving options they have on the team i think he's still a really talented player that's going to have an opportunity this season to to make a big difference the only other i, I considered isaiah simmons uh, as well but i just that one it's like what quantifiably like what are we gonna he's the kind of guy you have to watch the games uh, sometimes you'll have the, the numbers uh, that will back up how well he plays and how much of a unicorn on defense he is but it might just be more of a case of you really have to watch the games and the numbers uh, for him so that's the only reason I won't go with him uh, I thought Brandon Ayuk but again like same reason for why you said Debo Samuel it's like what are they really gonna do yeah. <laughs> there like in terms of passing the ball a ton Whereas Arizona, I feel like whether they're winning, losing anything, Cliff Kingsbury, I, I think he's just going to keep throwing the ball, and I think that's going to create opportunities uh, for all those receivers in Arizona. Yeah, Kyler Murray's uh, looked up his fantasy ADP right now. is around 47. I would take that. Like, he's someone I would be looking at. I would load up on, you know, the running mm-hmm. backs, the wide receivers early, and I would just take him wherever I could get him after that because <laughs> I think he's going to have a huge fear. And like you said – Really, you look at anybody on that offense, and I think they're they're all intriguing options if you're looking at it from a fantasy perspective, uh, because because he's going to be better, and I think the offense is going to be better, and you know that they're going to get opportunities uh, in an offense like that. So, uh, all right, that brings us to uh, our fantasy or our fantasy. I'm, man, I'm all in. Like I'm ready for fantasy <laughs> season. Um, our division MVP, which uh, I have a feeling this guy's also going to be someone in fantasy uh, that you would look at, although his numbers over the years uh, have been can be frustrating at times because of the way they run offense too. And I think you know, look, I mean, my my picks Russell Wilson. Um, you know, he's just I, I don't know how many games the Seahawks win. I think they make the playoffs, but anyway, you slice it. I think he's the the most impactful player in the division, and that's why he would be my choice here. Yeah, it's between uh, – I'm going to go with Russell Wilson as well. Obviously, you could say Aaron Donald. These are well, two yeah, guys right. that are yeah. Super Bowl – or, sorry, uh, MVP candidates, uh, defensive player of the year, for, um, offensive player of the year candidates every year. I'll go with Russell Wilson too just because uh, as much as Aaron Donald does disrupt and is a, as impactful as you can be as a defensive tackle, I think, yeah, I look at the the Rams defense would definitely take a huge step back. But I look at the Seahawks offense and I'm like, without Russell Wilson, this team's not even – a playoff contender <laughs> yeah <laughs> as yeah. Can, I, I just don't see they have a lot of talent but I, the offensive line is so abysmal still that it's really hard to imagine seattle being where they are i think the and if we had a, a war and uh, the way you have in baseball wins above replacement level i'm not sure there's many 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 qbs uh, even even patrick mahomes lamar jackson they're important to you know, going from uh to how much a team's going to perform win loss wise like his impact and how that off offense would flow without him we saw at times you know Mahomes still the best quarterback in my opinion in the NFL as we talked about but what you saw they still were operating okay in Andy Reid's system with Matt Moore under center um, I'm not sure how the Ravens would look without Lamar there but I just I look at Seattle I'm like holy cow if he wasn't there what would this team even be <laughs> yeah no I think that makes it the easy choice and uh, like you said it's sort of I mean, Aaron Donald's great. I just look. We're we're always going to look at the offensive side, probably when we say the MVP. Like it's just one of those things that we tend to do. Um, and because Russell Wilson is just so good, it just makes it that much easier. Uh, I think to pick him yeah. here as uh, our choice for the division MVP for the NFC West. 
All right, well, there you go. There are our thoughts on the NFC West, and, um, you know, obviously very strong division, and we expect big things. Uh, we'll go more into our actual picks for this division when we do our big Super Bowl uh, predictions episode and give you all our playoff choices and everything before the start of the season. But for now, Dylan, uh, we've got a lot of stuff going on for Clutch Point. Sports are back, as we said earlier, and uh, there is a ton going on, both with uh, the NFL getting ready for the season, uh, the NBA is now playing, baseball's mm-hmm. playing, uh, all sorts of stuff happening. You can follow all of the MLB and NBA games in the Clutch Points app. Uh, for all of our NFL content, you can find that as well in the app in the NFL section there at clutchpoints.com, the NFL section on our website, as well as for fantasy football content, as I've been mentioning on the last couple of podcasts, ramping up our coverage there, getting prepped for all the drafts that will be coming up in August, I'm sure, for m- many of you. So, yeah. yeah, you can search fantasy football on the site to find all that content and yeah, excited for, even though there's no preseason, still NFL news uh, ramping up a little bit. Uh, uh, interesting, they have the, the model with the ba- what's going on with baseball, kind of trying to do a similar thing in terms of being, yeah. uh, uh, you know, not really having a bubble. So, we'll yeah, we'll see what happens. But uh, hopefully, hopefully they're able to make it all work out. <laughs> Ooh, those fantasy football decisions without a preseason, without knowing – what the depth chart's going to look like? Oh, my. It's going to be uh, terrific. <laughs> going to be the Wild West. <laughs> going to be the Wild West this year. Uh, so we will see uh, what happens with that. But, yeah, check out everything going on over Clutch Points. As always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Any podcast app you use, you can find it there. And uh, thanks, as always, to the fine folks at Blue Wire and Bet Online for all that they do. And thank you, as always, for listening. And we'll talk to you guys next time here on the Establish the Past podcast. <laughs>